ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome into the Tuesday, October 1st edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can, of course, be a part of the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone lines, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. So we've got a busy show for you today. I've been over at Marshall all day because... We've got player interviews. We're going to hear from Levi Brown later on in the program. I'm looking forward to that because Levi is always great to talk about the game. He'll break it down for you, at least from his side of the ball, and give you a good idea of what you can expect. So we're going to hear from him. Also, we've got Doc Holliday's preview of Middle Tennessee, so we'll talk to him, get his thoughts on the upcoming game. And in a few minutes, uh, I'm going to catch up with Jared West and Iron Bennett, uh, talk a little basketball today. So I didn't get a chance to talk to those guys uh, the other day. So, I'm already there. Thought I'd go buy basketball, talk to those guys, and sure enough, um, both of them were there, so we got a chance to uh, get to them, and we'll hear from them in a little bit. So that's what uh, we're going to do today, and of course, as I mentioned, your phone calls. It's a busy day, of course, again, because big match coming up tonight at Marshall, back at Hoops Family Field. You've got the Thundering Herd kicking off 7 o'clock, men's soccer, taking on Dayton, Thundering Herd, receiving votes. So this could be a ranked team. But when it's all said and done, this could be a ranked team. And Marshall has just been outstanding. Now, Dayton leads this all-time series 4-0-1. And, and the last time these two teams played was back on September 3rd last year at Dayton. It was a draw. I'm hoping that's going to be different. And it's going to be on Herd Vision today if you can't get to the stadium. And, of course, uh, our friends over at the student radio station are going to have that as well at 88.1 FM WMUL. Appreciate those kids, what they do. And they stream those games as well over on the website, marshall.edu. WMUL, you go forward slash WMUL to get to the website there. So uh, I'm excited. Thundering Herd coming off a 4-1 victory over Old Dominion. And they're receiving votes, as we mentioned. It's pretty good what they've been able to do with soccer so far. So uh, that's the big one, I think, today as far as what's immediately happening. But we're going to turn our attention, of course, to football and basketball. We're at that point now where everything is crossing football well underway, basketball getting ready, and practices continue. And uh, I didn't get a chance to stick around for the entire practice, but uh, as we mentioned, uh, got a chance to catch up with a couple of the guys and, and get their thoughts. So uh, once we get closer and closer to actually – Talking about games themselves, uh, we got exhibition coming up soon as well. I mean, a quick exhibition schedule, but still, uh, we got a lot of exhibition basketball to talk about. Get kind of get a glimpse of what this team looks like, and as we mentioned, it's a busy day. Soccer, women's soccer's at Old. Dom- I'm sorry, women's soccer versus Old Dominion, and that's going to be Thursday. And then Friday's really when it's uh, pretty busy because you've got uh, tennis. They're going to be at the Virginia Tech Invitational. Uh, baseball's at West Virginia. Volleyball's going to be at Charlotte. And that reminds me, uh, by the way, it's um, it's pretty much locked down. We're going to have Ari Agnes with us on the program tomorrow. She'll join us, and we can talk to her about the upcoming match. And uh, she's been uh, taking over um, 
I mean, she's taken over already a good program, and she's been like a ball of fire with this team. And already they're doing well in Conference USA, so we'll talk to her and uh, see how uh, things are progressing with her. I actually got a chance. I don't know if I talked about this. Uh, I actually got a chance to, you know, before we've just been back and forth on phones, a uh, chance to talk to her uh, at the football game on Saturday. And uh, she is a ball of fire. She's just got that personality that is infectious. You want to hang out with her. You want to go to the games. You want to support this team. Uh, she has brought a new level of energy uh, back to the volleyball team. Not to say that it was there uh, or wasn't there, but she's brought some new energy back. I mean, and that happens. Uh, that's one thing that I was interested in when I was watching the game last night when they were talking about it. I was watching Marshall, um, of course, uh, you know, looking back at that Cincinnati film. But then I, I decided, okay, let's turn our attention to the NFL. Let's go ahead and get to the current, see how my Bengals are doing. And no, no, need an offensive line. Desperately need an offensive line. But they were on the broadcast. They were talking about uh, how they liked what they saw because there's a new energy in Cincinnati. Marvin Lewis, maybe the energy wasn't there. And I thought thought that was a valid point. Right now the Bengals are 0-4, but there is a new energy. You've got a, a coach coming in. It's not the same message. It gets stale after a while. I mean, is that um, is that fair to say that if you've got a coach that's been there for a long time, the longevity is is premium, but at the same time, does the energy sometimes dissipate? You can't say that about the Patriots, right? Is the energy dissipating there? I mean, they're winning all the time. But with certain coaches, just does that go away? The energy is uh, not the same as it was. 5, 10, 15 years ago. And I thought that was really uh, a good point. Uh, as I'm avoiding the fact that the Bengals lost yesterday. Not talking about that. Let me tell you. If they are committed to trying to get that first round draft pick, I'm all in. Lose the rest of them. Get the first round pick. Let's go. I think they're going to be okay, but the problem I really thought stem from the offensive line. Andy Dalton got sacked, I believe, eight times watching that game yesterday. Uh, it was not fun. Bengals are now 0-4. And I don't want to say I'm not excited because this is really the only time that I get to be a, truly a fan at football is NFL on Sunday. That's it. I'm a fan of the Bengals. Everything else is more matter-of-fact. It's more business. I mean, Marshall football. You know, as a kid growing up, I was a fan. You know, now it's it's more business. Same thing with basketball. As a kid, real big fan growing up. Now it's more business. Just you know, I I get excited. It's fun product. I enjoy what I'm seeing. But you know, I've kind of disconnect myself a little bit. I don't have that same issue with the NFL. Same thing with hockey. I mean, that's the great thing. You know, the one sport that I truly love. I don't have to disconnect. I can just be a pure fan. And so yesterday was just about me watching the game, being a fan. Uh, today's business. So when we come back from break, uh, we're going to get into that business because uh, I had a chance to catch up with Jared West, and I love talking to him. He is a hard worker on the court every time he's out there. And he's going to be one of your leaders. 
And if this guy is going to be a leader on your basketball team, you're in good shape. If you're a fan, knowing that this guy's a leader, win or lose, uh, they're going to get their best effort uh, out of everyone. They're going to get a good effort from Jared every, every time. I don't doubt that a bit. And then Iron Bennett, we're going to hear from him. So uh, we're going to talk basketball when we come back. And later on, I've got Doc Holliday. I've got Levi Brown as well. And your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. It's basketball season. Football season's already been underway, and basketball is getting ready to hit the court and play games. So practice is continuing at Marshall. And yesterday, um, I didn't get a chance to go over there, but today I definitely made it a point so we could talk a little basketball with Jared West. And when I was at practice last week, when they started practice, uh, you know, it really hit me that, okay, here's um, here's the first time in a while that I've been out here, and I don't have my guys. I don't have John Elmore. I don't have him to go talk to. I don't have C.J. Burks. Uh, I don't have Rondell Watson. And uh, I really was a big fan of all those guys. I was a huge fan of Rondell Watson. So it's different out there. But there's some guys that we know – and they're now stepping into those roles. Jansen Williams, who I got to know over the, the summer. I mean, really got to know that kid, and, and I, I think a lot of him now, just as a, not as a basketball player, but just as a, a kid on that squad. And then uh, Jared West, love talking to him because Jared's a hard worker. He comes out there, gives you every bit of effort he can give you, and then he gives you some more. And he might not be the tallest player out there, but he's definitely going to be the guy with almost the biggest impact because I love his game. Uh, at first, I maybe I misread him. I thought, why isn't this guy scoring more? And then I would pay attention to him a little bit better. Okay, I see what his game's all about now. He is like an attack dog out there. And so I, I hope to see some more offensive production from him, but he's truly the guy that goes out there uh, makes it difficult for the other team to score. He's setting things up. You know, so he doesn't have to have the biggest score column, but I think what he does is a lot bigger than what the stat sheet might indicate. And so uh, I want to talk to him earlier today. I just want to kind of get a feeling from him. You know, Hey, this is kind of new here. Um, you know, Coming out in practice a few days ago, you know, we don't have those guys. It's now your time. So uh, that was my first question. You'll hear that as uh, here's my interview with Jared West. Practice started a few days ago, and – when we first came out here, we didn't see John, we didn't see CJ, we didn't see Rondell. That's mm-hmm. some new faces with some old faces. Just uh, what's the adjustment been like knowing that you know, you've got some veterans returning, but you've got a new cast of characters, and mm-hmm. you know more and more now people are going to be looking at you, Jansen, as uh, the leaders of this team. Well, um, first of all, I think we have a lot more uh, experience on this team than what people think. I think people forget that. Um, you know, I'm a junior on this team. Jansen's a redshirt junior. Darius is a junior. Um, Tavion is a sophomore, and we've all played a lot of games and started many games. And um, I think we've all done a great job of adjusting so far in these first couple of days of practice as being leaders, being more vocal leaders. And, um, you know, guys like even like Iron, you know, who've been here for a couple years now, have been doing a great job just returning and, um, 
you know, being vocal, directing traffic, doing what we're supposed to do, you know, the way that Coach Dan wants it done. And, um, you know, it's, it's been an adjustment for a lot of people, I think, but I think we've done a great job so far. With all the returners coming back and you've got some new faces as well, you feel at any time other than today you've had this much depth? Um, I think we have a lot of pieces, honestly, a lot of talent, a lot of competition, which I think we've had in the past as well. You know, um, I think obviously Coach Dan, he's the one who at the end of the day is going to make the decision as to who plays or not. But um, I think right now it's what makes practice fun, makes it competitive, and makes it more effective for all of us to get better is the depth and the talent and the pieces that we have. So um, obviously a lot of them are new, but a, a lot of them came in and they can play. So um, it, it helps practice out a lot, and I think there's a lot of competition that comes along with it. A lot of expectations as well. This team comes off a championship run, postseason tournament. Uh, that was exciting for a lot of Herd fans. Mm -hmm. Freshening up the Henderson Center, you've got new court logo, you've got wall graphics. So yeah. there's a lot of high expectations. How do you guys juggle that? Um, at the end of the day, we just got to come out and play basketball. You know, um, Coach Dan, he doesn't put any extended pressure on us. He just wants us to come out here and play. Um, he know, he believes in us, he has confidence in us, and we have confidence in ourselves to um, perform to the best of our ability. And um, at the end of the day, we feel like if we just come out and do what we're supposed to do, that all that will take care of itself. We don't we don't really feel any extra pressure. Um, we're just trying to enjoy basketball and play, the, and play basketball. Now, the preseason pundits, some polls are coming out already, mm -hmm. and you know maybe you're not as high as you'd like to be, but yeah. you know, they really don't know anything. These are publications that are right. coming out months ahead of time without even seeing a game. Right. But how do you feel that maybe you guys aren't getting enough credit, or do you like that fact that, okay, we're the underdogs again. Nobody really knows about us, and so we can come in and surprise. Well, um, it's kind of like you said. It doesn't really matter right now, you know. Um, at the same time, it does put an added chip on our shoulder because not only those people who put those publications out, um, we hear the doubt in a lot of people's uh, voices when they talk to us and ask us about um, this upcoming season. So uh, we know that it's going to be different knowing that John and CJ and Rondell are not on the team. Um, that takes a lot of our uh, publicity away from this team. So I think a lot of the teams in the conference, a lot of the people who are publishing, publishing for our conference and you know, making a lot of the predictions and stuff like that, they'll probably put us pretty low, and um, that's fine. You know, we, we just got to come out and do what we're supposed to do, and we'll prove heads up. And we'll prove at the end of the day that uh, we're better than what the prediction that they have us, so we'll be fine. Did you hear him say heads up? That was him telling me move because a ball got uh, loose and was uh, heading our direction. And from what I understand, I can't verify. I didn't see this. I'll have to. I'll have to check. Uh, it was a. Um, it was an errant shot. It was a stray shot from Jansen Williams. I'm serious. I think Jansen was trying to take me out. I can't verify that for sure. But um, someone looked at me and said, "Hey, sorry, uh, Jansen's really not a good shot." It was somebody. I don't know. It was somebody uh, sitting. Just, I think just busting him a little bit because um, I do believe that was Jansen trying to take me out. I mean, I guess he didn't like my interview with him the other day. Uh, got him in trouble with the music. I don't know. So uh, that was Jared saving my life. Appreciate him for doing that. Um, I got wise. I, I, I took it a little bit further away from the rim when I caught up with Aaron Bennett. And I hadn't seen him in a while. He's had some struggles trying to get into playing shape, getting into playing weight, where they want him. And when I saw him the other day, I almost didn't recognize him. I mean, he looked good. He was in, in great shape. 
He looks like he can go out there and be strong, agile at the same time. So I was very impressed with with what I saw. Didn't get a chance to talk to him until today. And I kind of want to get that feeling from him as well. It's it's sort of a new dawn. You don't have these mainstays that we've talked about. I mean, two of the greatest scorers of all time in Marshall basketball history. You know, John Elmore with the record and C.J. Burke's not that far behind. I mean, they were a dynamic duo. So now those guys aren't out there. Some other guys have a chance to step up. And uh, here's uh, my interview with with Bennett earlier, just kind of getting that same feeling from him as far as, yeah, you were out here now, practice, you've had a few days, you know, you don't have John, you don't have CJ, you don't have Rondell, you don't have these guys anymore. They're not out here. Uh, so here's my interview with uh, with Iron Bennett. So now that practice has begun and you've had a few days to get going, is the fact that you don't have a, a John Elmore, a CJ Burks, a, a Rondell Watson, you know, has that faded knowing that, okay, you've got a, a new cast of, of characters, uh, new leaders are going to step up? Yeah, I mean, when, like, like when after after last year after the CIT championship like when we finally like realized that we weren't gonna be playing together and stuff it was sad because like I, I really got close like with those guys within like the first year like CJ and Rondell and them um, but I mean this year I mean we we're, we're looking pretty good we still got we had a lot of new talent come in we got taller, longer team, athletic. So, like, I'm, I'm just very excited to see what we do this year. I think we're going to do really good. It feels like this team can go into any position. You want to play small, this team can play small. You want to play big, this team can play big. Yes, yeah, so we have we have so many lineups in different ways we can we can switch it up and play. Like, it's, it's going to be, like, very exciting. Like, I can't wait to see what Coach Dan does. Personally for you, how exciting is it to, to take a more prominent role on this team? Oh, that, very exciting. I mean, like last year, I'm I had, I had those two injuries that put me out, but this year, this summer, I was, I, I stayed here like the whole summer, worked out, worked on my body, worked on losing weight, trimming up, and I'm just, I'm just ready to take on that role and show the people what I can do. Now, you're sort of a veteran out with this squad. I mean, there's some guys on here who've been around, but you're one of those guys and with a lot of new faces. So, you know, what's been your role in making sure that, you know, the new and the old gel? Um, just necessarily just making sure we we come in and and go hard each day because make sure we we pushing each other because all it's gonna do is just make each one of us better. So I mean that's really it's really it. just coming in making everybody making sure everybody working hard pushing each other and just going hard every day. Expectations are there. You come off a, a championship and postseason. Uh, Cam Henderson Center has been uh, spruced up a little bit. New court, new wall graphics, everything. Um, yeah, what kind of energy does that bring, knowing that uh, there's just so much more attention now brought to basketball? It's very, very, very excited. Even the floor, like the floor looks amazing. Like I, I love the new floor. We even got new rims, like the wallpaper, like you said, like all that. Like it's just. It's just going to get better and better each year. and I just can't wait to see how it turns out. Now the expectations are there from herd fans, but you know some of the publications are starting to come out, maybe not giving Marshall enough credit. When you see that stuff, well, yeah, what do you think? Because they don't know what this team's about, and, and maybe they're thinking this team was just CJ, just John. Yeah. Um, to be honest, like, I said, I've seen the rankings and stuff, but like, like me, like, 
to be honest. I don't, I don't really get into stuff like that. Like, I, I just be like, yeah, all right. And it just, it just motivates me. It just motivates me to go even harder and just to prove them that like, we, we should be higher than that, than seventh or eighth. But it's whatever. I don't, like I said, I don't really care about stuff like that. I just look at it and just, just put a chip on my shoulder. It made me go harder. I like hearing that chip on his shoulder. He's ready to go, and uh, he's right. There is a, a a new energy sprucing up the arena. I didn't think that would just have that impact. You go in there; it's a little tighter. It feels like the the wall graphics help a little bit. Uh, the floor looks good. The Marco, and I don't have it where we can play it, but. I was over there earlier with one of the students at Marshall. She was doing a a news package. And so I I sat in with her on that package with Dan. And he's a big fan of that Marco. He loves that Marco because it was Marshall. I mean, he came up with that Marco. And I know you got the new design, and that's probably not going to go away, but I really like that old Marco design with the new Block M. And I'm surprised I haven't seen merchandise with it yet. I'm sure somebody is going to realize this thing will print money. You know, If you could put that on martial gear, basketball gear, retro gear, I don't care what gear, that will make you money. Because I, I would be the first one in line to, just to pick up a hat with that Marshall Marco and that new M because I think the combination looks great. And you'll see that if you haven't been to the Henderson Center yet, Dan runs open practices. There is nothing that they're hiding. You go in, it's open. There he is. Dan will probably come talk to you if you if you're nice enough to him. Now we turn our attention to football. When we come back from break, we're gonna hear from Doc Holliday. Doc is moving ahead, getting set for Middle Tennessee. So we're going to get his thoughts on the upcoming opponent later on. Uh, We're going to hear a little bit from Levi Brown as he breaks down Middle Tennessee for us as well. When we continue with today's edition of The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Middle Tennessee, the opponent this week for the Marshall Thundering Herd. As Marshall and Middle Tennessee will do battle in Murfreesboro, Tennessee this Saturday. Reminder, we'll be at Roosters for our pregame show. That's right, coming up. Uh, we're going to be over there about Setting up a little bit before noon, so we hope you can join us over there, and uh, we'll go on the air at 12.30, and we'll have a preview of this one and break down everything that's happening in Conference USA. So we hope you can join us at Roosters, or if you can't, you can listen to the pregame right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. So today's uh, Doc Holliday's weekly press conference, and Cincinnati game's over. I think they they watched it. They didn't burn it. Technically, it's probably a digital file, can't burn it, but they probably didn't trash it, but just put it on a flash drive somewhere and locked it up. Not going to look at it again. I'm sure Middle's looking at it, but 
I don't think Doc's looking at this thing anymore. Uh, they've got that thing over with, and they're now looking at Middle Tennessee. So uh, here's uh, Doc Holliday's uh, opening his statement as he addressed the media this afternoon. You know, I've known uh, Rick Stockstill for a long time, probably go back into the 70s. We were playing against him at that point, and uh, he's as, as good a person as he is a coach. Uh, one thing I know about his teams is they'll always be well-prepared. Uh, he does things the right way. They're physical, and they'll be, and they'll, uh, be ready to go play. So uh, we got to make sure our team is as well. Uh, I thought when his son left, that, you know, that would leave a little bit of void at that position, but they got a guy named O'Hara who looks like a clone of, uh, unfortunately, his son. He made a lot of plays. And, uh, you know, if you look at the kid they got at quarterback right now, he's lined up against Michigan, Iowa, and Duke, three uh, really good teams. And he's, he's, uh, he's uh, thrown for a bunch of yards. He's completing over 70% of his passes. Uh, he's rushed for over 200 and some yards. That, include, that includes 11 sacks. So uh, all you could do is go turn on the tape of Michigan, Iowa, or Duke, and you can see they don't tackle him, have a hard time tackling, have a hard time getting him on the ground. So he'll be a challenge for us that we gotta, that we got to deal with. Uh, they've got great skill kids on the perimeter there. Lee seems like he's been there forever, and uh, they're a good football team. So defensively, their two safeties just make a lot of plays for them, and you don't know, they're, they're going to get after you about you know, 60, 70, 80% of the time. They're going to come after you with different blitzes, different looks. So we'll have to do a good job picking things up. But it's, uh, it's going to be a great challenge. First conference game. And uh, we got to find out a way to come out of there 1-0. and That's the goal for right now. So Doc Holliday uh, focusing on middle. And um, you got to pay attention to Asher O'Hara, quarterback for the Blue Raiders. Um, if you look at their statistical leaders on their game notes, it's right there in the front page. Running, O'Hara, 52 carries, 235 yards, one touchdown. Uh, passing, 70.3%, 895 yards, eight touchdowns, only two interceptions. So uh, he's one to really keep an eye out for. Again, Marshall's got to go up against a, a pretty solid quarterback. Now, before we really get into uh, breaking down Middle Tennessee, Doc was asked the question about getting a chance to watch that Cincinnati film, what do you see that needs improvement after getting away from the game itself and just looking at it on film, here's Doc's response. Well, I, I think just you, you, we got we to make plays. You know, we got to make plays in, in all three phases, not just offense, but we got to, you know, we got to improve on all three phases and, and do a better job of, of uh, making the plays and, and uh, you know, both on, you got to tackle better defensively. You know, we got to get them on the ground offensively. We got to, Got to make the plays that are there, and, and special teams. We got to we got to find a way to to make a big play in all three of those phases. So we move on now to Middle Tennessee and, and kind of breaking down what they're about. One question that was asked, and Doc followed this up with um, someone else. He's got to keep an eye on. But uh, the original question was Doc, you know, having to keep an eye on the wide receiver Ty Lee, and Lee's pretty good. Uh, he's a guy that. Um, has the longest streak of pulling in a reception at least every game, 44 straight games. Uh, that's the longest streak in Middle Tennessee history. And you look at what he's able to do, uh, he's going to be a factor out there. But he's one you got to watch out for. And Doc also mentioned when he was asked about, hey, you got to keep an eye on this guy. And he said, yeah, and i got to keep an eye on Brad Anderson as well. No quite. Lee and then the other kid's Anderson. You know, the, he seemed like he's been there forever as well. And, He's not a very big kid because he's extremely physical. He's tough. He runs with great pad level, and you don't know if he's going to be a tailback or if he's going to be lined up wide out or where he's going to be. But they do a great job of getting the ball to their skill kids on the perimeter. 
uh, in different ways, whether it be screens or bubble screens or speed sweeps or, or whatever they ask them to do. But they do a good job getting the ball in the perimeter, and they throw quarterback runs in there as well. So they're a challenging offense for our defense to get stopped. Now the new quarterback is Asher O'Hare. We've talked about him already, but one question that was asked of Doc was how similar is he to their former quarterback, of course, of course, you look at what the history was. Middle Tennessee had, uh, you know, Stockstill as the quarterback for years. And the question was, looking at O'Hare, how similar is he? feels like he's almost a, a clone of Stockstill. I think he does. And, you know, watch him play. I mean, he plays like him. He never – I mean, he's not going to run out of bounds. He's not going to slide. He's going to jump over people, and he takes a lot of shots. And uh, he uh, gets hit a lot, and he bounces right back up and throws the ball to the official and goes back and goes again. So he's, he, he reminds you of, of if he had number 12 on, that's who you would think it was, to be honest. And, uh, and like I said, go watch the tape. I mean, put, it, you put any one of them in. Put Iowa, put Duke, put Michigan, put Tennessee State, and you'll see the same thing in all four of them. And uh, so he's, he can play. And, uh, and like I say, it's going to be a you know, challenge for our defense. We've got to have a, a great week. Because you've got to get him on the ground tackling because he just – He's going to take off and run the football, and he's got the ability to throw it as well. So, Now on the safety front, Doc was asked to expand a little bit because uh, they've got a couple of safeties that uh, the question pretty much said uh, these guys have been there forever, and it's uh, Javante Moffitt and Reed Blankenship. Uh, Doc is well aware of those guys, and here's his comments on them. They're both all-conference type players. Uh, you know, they, they do a lot with their you – know, they get after you a lot blitz-wise, and every now and then you'll break one on them. But they've got great confidence that those two safeties will get them on the ground. And uh, both you – know, their lead you – know, Blankenship may be a lead tackler. I think he is. And uh, so they'll do a good job getting guys on the ground. They're good players. They're both all-conference type players. One of them, you know, is for sure. Now, you're going down to Middle Tennessee. You're playing in an environment that's maybe not going to be as electric as it was against Cincinnati. You had over 32,000. You're not going to see that for Marshall, Middle Tennessee on the road. I don't care. How, I don't care how many herd fans show up. Not going to be that type of crowd. Uh, so the question was asked of Doc. Yeah, how do you? What's the challenge here? How do you play in a environment that's going to be less electric than it was at Marshall? You know, when you go to Middle Tennessee, you're not going to have that many fans there compared to what you're used to. You know, how do you play in that environment? You just talk all the time about you know it's going to be about us you know it's going to be us and, and we got to go find a way to to you know be, be our best us and our best team you know here on on, on Saturday night regardless of what the crowd is I mean it's going to be all about us going there and playing extremely hard it's a conference game you know it's a conference game that uh, anytime you get into the conference every every game's important and so it's important that uh, that we find a way to go go win this game ultimately every goal you know we set goals early on in the season and they're all out there. You know, you know, at the end of non-conference play, you kind of season kind of starts over. Not, you know, not only for us, but you know, Middle Tennessee sitting there saying the same thing. They're one and three and lost to three really, really good football teams. And they're they're telling their kids, hey, look, everything you want's out there. You know, you got conference. You know, they were not much different. I think they were two and two a year ago and ended up playing for the conference championship. You know, and that's that's what it's all about. So, I'm sure Stock's telling his kids the same thing I'm telling our kids is just, we got to find a way right now to get better this week as a football team and find a way to walk out of there 1-0, and he's telling his players I know the same thing. 
That's Doc Holliday's weekly press conference to the media. Now, when we continue, we're going to hear from Levi Brown, and we're going to hear some of the similar things that uh, Doc mentioned come from Levi. We'll get Levi's breakdown, at least from his side of the ball, on Middle Tennessee. We'll talk to him when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, obviously I've, I've never never won a conference championship. No one on the team has won a conference championship other than the coaches. But just to know that, you know, coming out of high school, the reason, not the, the main reason I signed here or committed was because they were going to win a conference championship. But it was huge to watch that my senior year of high school and know that that's what I could be going into, going into a program that wins championships. And, you know, even though we haven't won one in, in my time here yet, I mean, it's something that just seeing it and having to deal with stories for, for four years, all my friends that won a conference championship. So um, it's something that I would love to be able to do, and, and I think our team has potential to. It's just, you know, whether or not we stop ourselves or not. So, um, you know, we've got to lock in for the rest of conference play because that's everything we want is right here in front of us, and it can all be done if we stay locked in and stay consistent week in and week out. And, and perform on a championship level every week, we've got a chance to win a conference championship. That's Levi Brown earlier this afternoon talking about winning a championship, and it all begins with Marshall winning against Middle to keep that hope alive, and that's coming up this Saturday. We'll have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So Levi's a really good guy to talk to when it comes to just breaking down the game film, giving you an idea of what the team's going to be all about. And when I had a chance to catch up with him earlier this afternoon, I wanted to just know, you know, what do you see when you look at Middle Tennessee? What are they about? Here's Levi's assessment. Um, they've got they've got veteran guys that I've played against for three years now, it seems like, uh, in their front 4D linemen. Um, there's nothing out of the ordinary except for the fact that, you know, it is a middle Tennessee defense that kind of does what they want and, and comes out in weird things that you only see whenever you're playing middle Tennessee. For instance, um, they walk down like two linebackers outside of their DNs on the line and, you know, make us adjust to certain things they do. But it's nothing out of the ordinary for playing a middle Tennessee defense. It's, they've got uh, veteran guys on their front four, front seven, and they've got uh, the looks that they always give being different kind of things. So. Um, it's something that you know whenever you see Middle, T- Middle Tennessee come up on the schedule. So it's something you just got to get ready for mentally for a, I mean, a big mind week. You know, you got to be able to see things when it comes to their defense and, and adjust to those quickly. So just being ready mentally for a, a Middle Tennessee defense. Follow-up question to that was, it must be good then to have some veterans like Levi on that offensive line that is, have seen these veterans on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, here's Levi's reply. No, it absolutely helps. I mean, um, whenever we come to these certain games, you know, everyone remembers something better than someone else from the year before. So, I mean, I, there's something that I'll remember that Millette didn't. There's something that Kane remembers that I didn't. And it's just things like that go down the line that all of us together that have seen the same thing for so long, it, it ends up being a really good thing for to, to help remind the other guys in the room of, of something that's small that might have happened last year. The important thing about this game is that it's conference. And you look at Conference USA trying to get a beat on everything, and it's very early. 
some teams have not played in conference yet, and right now Marshall's one of those teams. They'll get that opportunity in a few days to play. Same with Middle Tennessee. Right now, as uh, the conference stands, everybody in the West Division has got a conference game under their belt. East Division, you've got Marshall, Middle Tennessee, and Old Dominion uh, yet to play a conference game. And then you've got Western Kentucky. They've played two already, and they've won both. Louisiana Tech, they've won their two conference games. Southern Miss and North Texas in the West Division have got their first wins. UAB, UTEP, UTSA, and Rice are in the hole early with uh, 0-1 marks in conference. Then you've got Charlotte, 0-2 in conference. FIU, I'm sorry, Charlotte's 0-1 in conference. Let me correct that. Charlotte, 0-1. FIU is 0-2 in conference. So, Marshall, they don't want to be in the hole because you look up, there's FAU, uh, 1-0. FIU 0-2, that was a team that you thought was going to be a contender. FAU, early 1-0 Conference USA mark. Western Kentucky, early 2-0 Conference USA mark. So they've taken care of some of their business early. Marshall's got to get on the scoreboard. Middle Tennessee would get on the scoreboard if they could beat Marshall. So this is important. And Doc Holliday likes to point out to these kids every week that this is a championship game. You got to go one and zero every week. I mean, you see some of the coaches' social media, not Doc, but some of the other coaches, one and zero. Hey, we went one and zero this weekend, or you got to go one and zero. That's what they're preaching. They're not preaching the fact that Marshall is right now two and two. They're not preaching the fact that Marshall lost. This is an important game because Marshall lost. No, they're just preaching. Hey, you got to go out and win the week. Just win the week, and so. Here it is, the importance of this game, because it's not just the game after Cincinnati. It's not just the next game. It's it's a conference game now. Means more. I mean, you could have went 4-0 and in non-conference, and it doesn't matter if you lose this game, because all of a sudden you've lost a conference game and you've lost some footing. So I wanted to talk to Levi about why that's important, just the fact that each game is a championship game. No, oh, when, when he says it, it's uh, 100% accurate. Because, I mean, if if you lose one game in, in Conference USA, it's almost like you're you're out of the pack or you've fallen out of the lead and, and you've got no chance of, of winning a championship game. Just because I feel like our, our league is so competitive or has been for the past two or three years where you never know who's going to win the conference championship until that time comes because there's so many favorites and there's so many this, that, and the others. But everyone always seems to find a way to – to lose again, they're not supposed to, or win when they're not supposed to. So every week is a championship week in that aspect because if you mess up, just small, small mess ups, you you see yourself falling out of the championship race. So um, every week is a championship at this point going into conference play because you know you never know when that time's going to be. Whenever someone wins again, they're not supposed to. That's another doc saying. There's always someone who wins a game that's not supposed to. And you'll hear Doc time and time again. Listen to his press conferences, really. Pay some attention to to some of the themes that we, we hear every week, that always there's somebody that's going to lose a game that's not supposed to. And he's got it ingrained in their heads that, you know, that doesn't want to be you. You don't want that to be you. doesn't want that to be the story. Because it's not fun, right? It's not fun being that team. Not fun at all. And Marshall's picked to win the East Division. So really, Marshall 
shouldn't lose to anyone in the East Division, or at least Marshall should win the East Division, right? Is that the feeling here? I mean, that was the feeling before the Cincinnati game, and I'm thinking that's still the feeling after the Cincinnati game, that Marshall's the favorite to win the East Division. I just don't know what the team's coming out of the West Division. I mean, you don't have enough data on North Texas yet. They won one game in conference. Southern Miss has won one. Louisiana Tech, they've got an early 2-0 lead in conference over there in the West Division. Western Kentucky. If Western Kentucky can dart out to a, a, a strong lead in the standings and Marshall drops one, I mean, it makes that Western Kentucky game even more important. Much more important if you have a Western Kentucky team that's all of a sudden been resurgent here. And you look at FAU, again, early lead here, one nothing. I know it's very early. It's going to sort itself out. But you know what are FIU's chances of winning the conference? Not very good right now. They're 1-3 and three and they're 0-2 in conference, right? I mean, that's, that's not a good place to, to work from. You know, Charlotte, I didn't have any thought of them winning. And, you know, so right now, everybody that has a, a good feeling about getting into the conference race to win this thing, for the most part, everybody's still intact in the East Division. And that's going to start shaking up soon. But Western Kentucky already has got two games up. FAU's got one game. Marshall, Middle, and Old Dominion are waiting to get some action going. And then you've got, you know, in the West Division, Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss and North Texas all undefeated right now in conference. And uh, your upcoming conference schedule this week, you know, you only have a few games. You've got Marshall, Middle, Tennessee, as we mentioned, uh, Western Kentucky, at Old Dominion. So Old Dominion, uh, they could go into the hole early, or Western Kentucky could go up 3-0. 3 nothing in conference, well on their way. And then Rice is at UAB. So Rice and UAB, somebody's going to get a win, try to get right back into this thing. Uh, UTSA and UTEP, uh, one of those teams will get a win and try to get back into this thing. But the leaders are sitting pretty right now. I'm Louisiana Tech. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling a little bit good about myself right now if I'm in this situation. Now, it's going to shake up a little bit more on October 12th because you're going to have Charlotte at FIU. And Charlotte, FIU, somebody will get a win there. Uh, Middle will take on FAU. And depending on what happens with Marshall, either they're going to be 1-0 or 0-1 going into that. FAU, could they get knocked off? Could Middle Tennessee be the better team in this league, and we just don't know it yet based on the fact that they went 1-3 and three against their pretty tough schedule. Um, Western Kentucky at Old Dominion, so here's an opportunity for Old Dominion to get on the board. And Western Kentucky, I mean, they could be 3-0 and oh, or they could be 3-1 um, and one after this because uh, really, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. North Texas Southern Miss, that, that should be a fun one. And we can, we're looking ahead a couple, and um, – Old Dominion, Marshall, you know, when we get to that game, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that one as well. But really the focus right now is uh, you, you've got to go 1-0. and I think that's what's been super, super important for these kids to get in their head every every week that it is, uh, it is a must-win situation. I'm not going to say a linchpin. I'm not going to say it truly is a must-win. But, yeah, you must win this. And – You've got to win this because I, I don't think the herd fan base psyche can take losing two straight. I don't think it's going to survive. 
That's okay. We'll get you through it. We'll get you through it. Uh, tomorrow on the program, uh, we've got tentatively Ari Agnes, Marshall's volleyball coach. Looking forward to talking to her. We'll get your phone calls in as well as we continue our countdown to the start of Marshall and Middle Tennessee. That's coming up on Saturday. We'll be at Roosters for our live pregame broadcast. We hope you can join us. Uh, we're going to start all our action at 1230. For our producer this evening, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also, wherever you listen to your podcast. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.